0: Good morning, friends. Welcome to this pre-recorded worship service for September the 27th, coming to you from the Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We're so glad that you've joined us, and we pray that this hour of worship will be a source of inspiration, drawing you closer to God. This is the day the Lord has made, so let us rejoice and be glad. Now let us prepare our hearts and our minds for worship.
1: Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God, that is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Let us worship God.
2: Let us approach our God in all truth, confessing the deeds and distractions that have kept us from honoring God and have divided us from other human beings. We cannot undo all the wrong we have done, but our mind can be cleansed in order to live a more wholesome and joyous life. Let us pray together our prayer of confession. Merciful God, you pardon all who truly repent and turn to you. We humbly confess our sins and ask your mercy. We have not loved you with a pure heart, nor have we loved our neighbor as ourselves. We have not done justice, loved kindness, or walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy on us, O God, in your loving kindness. In your great compassion, cleanse us from our sin. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Do not cast us from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain us with your bountiful spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. The Holy Spirit renews in us the covenant we have made with our God offering us forgiveness and assuring us that our lawless deeds will be remembered no more. The law of God is planted in our hearts and written on our minds, so love and good deeds may become second nature to us. We are set free to express gladness and to encourage one another. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. (music) Thank <music> you. now affirm our faith by reciting together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead, And friends, we are now very close to reopening again, and we can't wait to see you. But in the meantime, we get to enjoy each other in this short video on what love is for some of our friends. May God's peace be with you.
3: Welcome to worship today. We are delighted that you have joined us. As you may have noticed, our chancel renovation is almost complete. The floor is beautiful. It is so great to have the organ back and, of course, to be led in worship by our amazing musicians Jenny, Robin, Brandon, and James. It's so, so great to get to hear those songs being sung well we are so excited to be reopening in person on october 11th for worship in all three of our services 9 10 and 11. our guiding principle for this time of reopening and this season of covid is this we get to take care of each other if you plan to join us for live worship Remember, you must make a reservation. Imagine you're trying to eat out in season. It's just like that. So beginning Monday, October 5th, you can make a reservation for the upcoming service of that week that you wish to attend. These reservations will be open until Friday at noon or until we come with the maximum number of people that we can safely seat while being... um, What's the word? Socially distance, I believe. The best way for you to register is online, but if, if that is problematic for you in any way at all, please call the front office and we will help you get signed up to come to the worship service that you choose. We are well aware that many folks are not quite ready to come out to worship in person, so we wanna let you know two things. First is that we will continue to offer this excellent pre-recorded full worship service with a children's moments and hymns that you can just belt out at home. Second, our in-person worship service will be a shorter, more reflective service with the same sermon, of course, with some prayers and with meditative music, which will keep us from singing and spraying. And remember, we won't be shaking hands or hugging or any of those things that we love so much. Again, this is all in an effort so that we can take care of each other and stay safe. Well, we all will have the opportunity to practice a couple of the upcoming fruit of the spirit, self-control and patience as we move forward in these unprecedented times. Well, we still have a few days left in September to fulfill that challenge that Pastor Steve gave us to write a love letter to someone, maybe even to God. You also have time to sign up for our book discussion of The Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby. Registration will close on Monday, September 28th at noon for that Zoom conversation that will be held that evening at 6 p.m. We are in this process of learning and understanding our history so that as a church, we can do our part to stand against racism and other injustice, all in the name of Jesus, who embodies love, peace, and justice for all of God's children. God in Hollywood continues this week with a discussion on the movie Chariots of Fire. You can join Pastor Steve at 6.30 on Wednesday by registering for the Zoom link that is on our website. Finally, If you can believe it, World Communion is next Sunday. Wow, I think it's always that first weekend of October and it is almost here. So we'd like to invite you to send in a video or a picture of yourself in your native garb. And if you know the native tongue to say peace be with you, to offer that, you could also do it in English. And again, a still photo is just fine you have to hurry. If you're watching this on Sunday the 27th, it's due tomorrow, Monday, September 28th, anytime, all the way until midnight. Get that in to Jackie Gomez so that we can share World Communion Sunday, seeing some of that native garb. I think that is all of the announcements for today, so let us continue our worship of God.
4: Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for our lives which begin and are blessed by your abiding love. We pray for your love for ourselves and our families, for our church and our neighbors, for our state and country and for the world. Give us the gift of patience that we might reflect your love as we deal with the crisis that seems to have no end. We pray for your blessing on those who provide essential services in hospitals, medical transportation, doctor's offices, pharmacy and grocery workers, and all other essential settings. We pray for your ever-present love on all those in need of your healing grace this day and for those on their way home to you and those who grieve. We pray for your love for members of our families we may not have been able to see for months. We pray for your love for those who are lonely and isolated and are getting insufficient help. Great God, We lift up those who suffer from natural disasters, war and racial injustice. May your blessings be upon them, we pray. We are grateful for this community of faith, O God, Church of the Palms. We thank you that it makes us agent in sharing your love, stronger together and able to listen to you better. Gives us avenues for service and generosity, helps us to practice your love and join in worship of you, we pray. In the unity of your love, may our community hold together, respect one another and seek the good of all, we pray. Guide us, O God, through this election and let us do so with kindness and wisdom and concern for everyone, we pray. Now we bring all our prayers spoken and unspoken to you. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our trespasses as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Now we come to a point of our service we called the moment of gratitude. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16, we are encouraged and invited by the apostle Paul saying, do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices God is pleased. Even in the midst of this pandemic, God's love surrounds us and God's blessings for us continue. We can, through our commitment and giving, help extend God's love to others, near and far. On the screen are several ways that you can give We invite you to express your thanks and gratitude to God through your support of the ministries and missions of this Church of the Palms. Now let us give to God who gave us first.
5: Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for the consolation you offer, the hunger you satisfy, and the healing you produce in those who respond to your love. You have touched our lives in ways that make us rich. Now use what we have shared to provide fulfillment in in other lives among our neighbors, near and far. Enlist our best efforts in the extension of your realm that our offering of ourselves may bear fruit daily. Amen. So I am just delighted to be here and see you all. I get to be part of the children's moment today. So first, a couple of announcements about family ministry. First of all, very important, Miss Carol is gathering with children on Zoom at 1030 right after this service. And you can find the link for that right on the homepage of our website. In addition, uh, we're very excited that our youth group has started gathering again, so you can sign up for that online. We are wearing masks, Uh, we're meeting in person, so we're wearing masks and keeping social distance and doing all the things we uh, need to do to take care of each other well. But you need to sign up uh, online in order for us to be able to do that. So you can register for middle school youth group, which is on Wednesdays, or high school youth youth group which is on sundays on our home page of the website again you'll find that information there in addition we are going to have a retreat for our students both middle and high and that is on October 10th, and it's pretty much all day. It's about 11 until 9 o'clock at night. And we're just so excited to gather and to worship together and to listen to some messages and uh, to do a service project. So it should be great fun. That information as well can be found in your eblast or on the website. So kids. I wanted to tell you a little bit about me this morning. I don't normally want to talk about myself, but I wanted to tell you something about me so we can get to know each other a little bit better. And one thing you should know about me is I love books. I love to read. I've always been a big reader, and my favorite book of all the books I've read is this book. Do you know what this book is? This is the Holy Bible. This is my Bible, my favorite Bible, and I get to read it every day. And I love it, and it's my favorite book because it's a great story. It has action and adventure. It has some sort of scary parts. It has sad parts and happy parts. But more than anything else, I love this book because it's a love story. It's a great love story. It's a story about God's love for us, for you, and for me. Listen to this. This is from 1 John. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent us his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. And I love that Because it tells us about how much God loves us and and his love for us that he gave us through his son. And what happens, the more time you spend in this book and this story, well, what happens is it starts to spill out of the book. And it starts to spill out into your life and into the lives of other people until there's just love everywhere. So I hope you might find a Bible today, or ask your mom or dad to tell you a story, or join Miss Carol, who is always telling great stories from the Bible, so that you might know just how much you're loved by God, and that you might then share that love with others. Pray with me. Dear God, thank you for your great love story you gave us in the Holy Bible. Help us to remember to turn to this story, to be reminded of your love for us, and help us as we express that love to others. Amen.
1: Well, what a joy it is uh, today to have my friend Kelvin Lumpkin with us today. Kelvin is the senior pastor of the Light of the World International Church here in Sarasota. Kelvin and I started having lunch together right at the beginning of this year and agreed that it would be a wonderful thing for our congregations to develop a sister church relationship with each other. Many of you remember Kelvin who was gracious enough to join me in a pastor to pastor conversation in the wake of the George Floyd killing in the early summer and a couple weeks ago I was honored to preach over at his church and now he was returning the favor and will be sharing with us a word about the fourth Greek word agape love. We recorded Kelvin in our contemporary service and it is that recording that you will be watching right now.
0: Good morning, to my Church of the Palms family, and I, I do believe we are family. Um, first, let me just express how grateful I am to be here with you to share with you in the Word of God. Even though we are not physically together, we're we're on the same wavelength. We're we're on the same frequency. We're one in the Spirit, and I'm I'm just so happy and honored to be here. I want to thank uh, my dear friend and brother, Pastor Steve McConnell, for the opportunity to share uh, with this congregation. I don't take that lightly at all. Uh, he preached. Uh, at our church a couple of weeks ago so i've got to bring my a-game today because he was awesome i mean god really used him to preach the word of god and so i'm so excited to be here um we've been preaching here uh pastor's been preaching here on on the fruit of the spirit for nine months and, and on love and so with that in mind i want to invite uh our attention to mark's gospel mark chapter 12 mark chapter 12 and i'm going to begin reading at verse number 28 mark chapter 12 verse 28. And I'm going to read from the NIV. Here is God's word. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Amen. Here's God's word. I want to begin with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this moment together. I'm so grateful for this moment to share with your people. And no matter how gifted the preacher or the teacher, it is your spirit that causes us to be effective. So uh, we appeal now to to the ministry of your Holy Spirit to Help us, help both the preacher and the hearer. I pray that you would give us ears to hear what you're saying to the church, that our hearts and our minds will be attentive and receptive today. And we don't want just an exchange of information. We definitely don't want to be entertained, but I pray that this is a moment of transformation. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would have your way. Help both the preacher and the hearer today. May we be transformed, and we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ. It's in that name we pray, amen. As I was prepping for this message, um, I found myself being challenged by the word itself. That's actually the secret sauce of preaching for me, is that I've got to not only study it and give it to you, but I've got to let the word challenge me. If the word doesn't challenge me, then I can't preach it. And as I read the words of Jesus in this passage, I began to challenge, do I really understand what love is? Do I understand what love is. I know that many of us have a cultural definition of love, but what's the biblical definition of love? So I conducted my own survey. I started asking a few friends and family, how would you define love? How would you define love? And, and they confirmed my suspicions that everyone I asked had quite a difficult time putting into words and expressing exactly what love is. Everybody gave a different kind of definition, but most struggled with defining it. And the ones who did have a kind of halfway good definition had more of a cultural definition than a biblical definition. Then I began to wonder that if if my sample survey is a microcosm of the culture or how most people think about love, then it's no wonder that I spend so much time in relationship counseling. As a matter of fact, most of the counseling in our church is relationship counseling because maybe we don't really understand what love is. Maybe we, maybe we have a flawed definition of what love is and don't really know how to give love well or to receive love well. But when you study the words, and not just the words, but the actions of Jesus, your definition of love may be radically redefined. In this particular passage, Jesus is having one of many confrontations with teachers of the law, the scribes, who are always trying to entrap him. And some are genuinely genuinely interested in what he has to say because his teaching is like no other. And in this particular passage, Jesus is having another one of these debates. And one of the scribes, one of the teachers of the law, asks him, uh, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus answers and says, the most important commandment is this, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your mind all your strength and the second is like it or really what he's saying is the second is just like the other side of the same coin is to love your neighbor as yourself that 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 these two really are, are almost one and the same, that, that your love for God is expressed by your love for people. And then Jesus says that on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, everything, and there are many laws and, and ordinances of God, and they're all important, but Jesus says that these are the priority commandments. That, in other words, if you master commandment one and two, then you've got all the commandments. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, because if you love God, if you truly learn to love God, then you gotta love me. There's no way you can love God and not love me. And if you love me, then you've got all the other commandments, because if you love me, you won't covet my silver, you won't covet my wife, you won't kill me. If you master these two commandments, then you've got everything. But what Jesus is asking us isn't easy. <laughs> He's saying these are the priority commandments that you ought to give all your energy to. But 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 what the text doesn't well what the text implies is that that this isn't easy love, giving love in a healthy way isn't easy because reality is, because of our sinful nature, none of us can really fully love in a healthy way. None of, none of us, in our own strength, rather, is capable of truly loving in a healthy way. And one of the reasons why is because none of us have really gotten 100% healthy love, and we kind of love, we love the way we've been loved. And, and, and the reality is we all come from some level of dysfunction. Uh, I heard somebody say the other day, I come from a dysfunctional family, and I want to I find someone who doesn't come from one. Now, some may be more dysfunctional than others, but all of us are the victims of some level of dysfunction. And our, our kind of love is often toxic. Uh, on its best day, it's toxic. And on the worst day, it's abusive because we, none of us is fully capable of fully giving healthy love because our, in our culture, love is self-serving. We're investing love where we think we're going to get a return. But the kind of love that Jesus is talking about in this passage is not the cultural kind of love. This is the kind of love where I love even if I'm not appreciated for loving. I love, even if I don't get a return on my investment right away, I may never be appreciated, but I I give with no expectation. And we live in a day where, where people will just drop their spouse like nothing. They'll break relationship. They'll break covenant. There's no loyalty because we're only giving love when we think we're going to get a return. But Jesus is saying, this is a different kind of love. This is a love that is beyond the world. It is beyond your flesh. I'm calling you to, this is a sacrificial kind of love. This, this kind of love can only be measured by the level of your sacrifice. It's not just an emotional love. It's not, it's not romantic dinners and candle lights. It's not feel good. This is, a, this, is a, this is the kind of love that's risky. This kind of love, matter of fact, when you love this kind of way, you can't love this kind of way without getting hurt. Because inevitably, whoever, this, is a, this is a mature kind of love because whoever you love eventually hurts you. You can't love because this is a vulnerable love. This is a love where I'm not hedging my bets, where I don't have up a wall, where I, where I make myself vulnerable, and, and, and inevitably, whoever I love is going to hurt me. I promise you, think about it. Name one person that you loved uh, for long who hasn't hurt you. Your parents hurt you. Your spouse hurt you. Your kids will hurt you. But, but this is a mature love that keeps on loving even when it doesn't feel good. So he asks us and commands, he doesn't ask us, he commands us to, to, to love in this kind of way. But this is difficult because my flesh is incapable of loving. So, so the question is, the tension of the text is, how do I fulfill these commandments? <laughs> how, how do I love in, in a way where, where my love isn't abusive, it isn't toxic, but, but I actually become a blessing to those who God has called me to love? And Jesus answers us in the text. Here is the key to loving in a healthy mature and godly way. As a matter of fact, I believe this is really the sign of your Christian maturity. I believe how you love is really the, the barometer, the measure of how you've truly been transformed by Christ. It's not the knowledge you have, not the Greek and Hebrew you know, but how you love, especially those who don't love you back, especially those who, who hate you. If you can keep on loving, that, that's when you know you're growing in the things of God. And he shows us, here is, here is how you love in a healthy way. And here's why we don't love, is that we love out of order. We love out of sequence. Jesus has not just given us a formula, but he shows us that, that how to love in the right order. Uh, my, my daughter, uh, my baby daughter is in gifted classes. I'm proud of her. And, and she's already, she's in third grade, and they're starting to learn algebra. But you can't do algebra until you've mastered Basic, adding, and subtracting. You can't learn multiplication until you learn how to add and subtract. And you definitely can't learn algebra unless you've mastered the previous things. You've got to master basic math before you can go to algebra, geometry, trigonometry. You've got to master each one. And what Jesus is saying is, if you're going to love your neighbor right, you've got to master the first kind of love. First of all, here is the order. You've got to love upward first. Then you love inward, then you can love outward. You see it in the text? Here is the order, love upward, love inward, and then you can love outward. He's saying here's the first order, is to love God with all your heart. He says to, in other words, let me, let me put it in the Kelvin Lumpkin translation. You, you've got to pursue God, not just because of what he can do for you, but love him just because of who he is. This isn't a Santa Claus version of God that we seek only to, to fulfill our wish list. We're not seeking him just because he, he can do something for us. I think that's a problem today in the culture and in the church where that many, of our, many of us, our prayer life is just about what God can do for us. And then when God doesn't come through, uh, we, we are on to the next religion or to the next solution. But he's saying pursue God above what he can do for you. Pursue him for who he is. This is the kind of devotion that God is requiring. You remember those three Hebrew boys uh, when, when King Nebuchadnezzar throws them in the fiery furnace. Now, this is devotion here. He throws them in, devotion, in, in the fiery furnace. They're, they're confident that the God they serve is able to deliver them from the furnace. But here's what I love. But they, and this is devotion, but they say, King, even if he doesn't do it, <laughs> we're still committed to him. We're not going to bow. And this is the kind of commitment that we need, that if God doesn't do it, we still ought to pursue him anyways. Love him with all your heart. Pray to him, not for what he can do for you, but God, how can I serve you? Be devoted to him. But then there's something else that happens. When I love vertically, there's something that happens. He says, love your neighbor, but he says, here's the kicker, love him, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He says, when I love God, once I'm in his presence, when I seek him, I then begin to see my own self in an amazing new way. I begin to value myself in an amazing way. And this is important. Don't you miss the step because, because here, here is, right here in the text is, I believe, the aim of our Christian walk. Here, here is the goal. Not that I become famous or big, but that I, that I become a channel between God and man. That I become an effective conduit that that God can work through so that He can use me to bless my neighbor. That's what I want. I want God, I want God to use me. I want him to work through me so that I can bless the people around me. And do you understand that at the end of the day that you are a solution to somebody's problem? That's what listen, if your calling only blesses you, then it's not from God. That's ambition. But, but at the end of the day, God wants to work through you to bless somebody else and to transform this situation. And so if I'm going to be an effective conduit, I've got to receive his love for me. I've got to love him, and then I've got to be able to receive, and this is important because some people don't know how to receive love. This is why abusive situations and abusive relationships are appealing to some people. That's why abusive churches are appealing, because some have such a faulty view of self that they can't believe that they're loved. That's why some people's concept of God is so distorted. That's why they see him more as a punisher than than a redeemer, because they have a poor concept. But I've got to embrace who he says I am and what he says about me if I'm going to love my neighbor because the benchmark for how I love others is how I love myself. (laughs) I've got to love neighbors as I love myself. And and until you get that, you'll never be able to be in healthy relationships. Talking to a friend today uh, whose boyfriend had such conflict and fights and, and it got crazy, but he would always say, you're too good for me. I'm not worthy of you. And I said, there's this problem. As long as he believes and sees himself of unworthy of you and unworthy of love, you're going to always have conflict. Because God, listen, you can't, a self-hater can't effectively love anybody else. And then if you get two self-haters together, then you really got fireworks. But until I love myself, I cannot effectively love others. And so I've got to receive what God has, who he says I am. I've got to embrace his love. Love your neighbors as you love yourself. And then once I've lo- I love myself, once I believe what he says about me, then I can love you the way that God wants you to be loved. He says that if you master these things, you've got it. It's not that deep. You don't have to go to seminary. But if you master these, two, these commandments, then everything else is gravy. He says, then, then I, you can be my instrument to transform the world. I literally believe that, that God is using me as a middleman, not just to my city, but to my community. I, I, for some reason, I have this burden for the down and out. I have this burden for the drug dealers. Some years ago, some pastors were criticizing me because they said, he's the pastor of the drug dealers. <laughs> All the drug dealers come to this church, and, and I knew they meant it as an insult, but I thought, thank you. <laughs> I think that's a compliment. Because I want God to use me as his middleman. I, I want him to work through me to show individuals. I don't know why I've never done drugs. I've never sold them. I, I don't know why I have an affinity uh, for, for the folk in the street. But, but God has used me as a middleman to, to get to those folk. And I thank God for that. And do you know that you are a middleman, a middlewoman that God wants to work through to reach somebody else? Who does God want to love through you? I think you ought to ask yourself that question. Who, who am I called to? Is it orphans? Is it to another race? Uh, but God wants you to be his middleman. He wants to love through you. He wants to love you. And here's the great thing, that if God can love through you, he can get love to you. And Jesus says, this is it. It's not that deep. If you master these two commandments, then you understand what love is. That's what love is. Love is an action verb. It's inconvenient. It's it's sacrifice, it, it it's tears sometimes. It's I pray this prayer and I'll, I'll close. And that's why you got to stop repeating what you hear other people say. I heard a preacher favorite one of my favorite preachers says. You know, uh, he he quoted his mother. He says, "My mother used to always pray, Lord enlarge my heart, so I can love people more." It's like that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds like a great prayer. I pray this prayer, <laughs> and I almost regret it praying it later because. Here's how you know you really love. Here's how you grow in love. And it's not when people are loving you back. (laughs) Your capacity to love people doesn't always come in good times, it comes when your heart is broken. It comes when you've been lied on, it comes when you've been misunderstood. And that's really how your capacity to love grows. And I prayed that prayer. And as I was going through a particular storm, I'm going through the why me's and asking God, why me? Why me? I'm trying to do my best. And I heard the spirit of God say, you ask me to enlarge your heart so that you can love people more. And so it was actually through a fence that I learned that my capacity to love began to grow. Yeah, l- love isn't for the immature. Love is for grown folk. But God wants us to love. And and that's, isn't that what we need now? This has been the craziest year that I've ever seen. And it's not over yet. (laughs) We've still got some months to go. This has been a crazy year with COVID, with racial unrest, with police shootings, with uh, a crazy political climate. Politics is getting crazier and crazier. And, And where will we stand in the midst of this? I'm not worried but i'm grieved at how i see christians acting in these debates i believe that the body of christ has to be above the fray we've got to be above politics i believe that you ought to vote i really do believe that but my hope is not in the democratic party it's not in the republican party my hope is not in who's in the white house and i believe that's important but i know who's on the throne that's who my hope is in is who's sitting on the throne And no matter what happens this November or the rest of this year, I want to love in a way that healing happens and transformation happens. God bless you. Love you. Can we pray? Father, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your word. And I pray that your word would have free course and that we would all be transformed by your love. Lord, teach us how to love in a healthy way. I pray that you heal the brokenhearted. I pray that, that you use us. I volunteer, and I believe there's somebody who's listening who is volunteering to be used by you to spread your love. So, Lord, use us, we ask. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you, family.
1: What a blessing it's been to have Reverend Lumpkin with us this morning. We are blessed by our relationship with the Light of the World Church, and we are grateful that he most certainly brought his A-game to us today and thankful for the reinforcement of our mission statement to love God and love neighbor. So we are grateful for Kelvin and for the Light of the World Church. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are thankful for your wondrous love the wondrous love that was revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ, your Son. And we thank you, O Lord, that we know of your love and that we can discover a love for ourselves such that your love through us can be shared with the whole world, that the world may know that you are the God of love and grace and mercy.